This is Paul Neal, and allow me to extend my warmest greetings to everyone listening to the first episode of my new podcast, Christianity Without the Baggage. You know, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a few years now. So I want to give thanks to my son, David Neal, for telling me, Dad, just hunker down and do it. So here we are. I'd like to tell you a little about myself and my background. I was born in the capital city of Manila in the Philippines. I moved to Northern California in 1989 with my family and finally immigrated to Canada in 2000. Since 2004, we have made our home in the beautiful city of Calgary, Alberta. I was raised a Roman Catholic with my elementary and high school education in San Juan de Letran, one of the country's oldest Catholic schools founded in 1620 and run by the Dominican Order, and college of De La Salle University run by the Christian Brothers, graduating with a degree in marketing management. In my 26th year, I made the Evangelical Confession of Faith in Jesus Christ, and I've been an avid student of the Bible ever since. I have served as an associate pastor, pastor, church planter, and music minister at various times for over 20 years with the Pentecostal Church of God, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and various non-denominational local churches. I also completed half of a Master of Ministry degree at the Asian Theological Seminary in Quezon City, Philippines, which was cut short because of our move to California in 1989. Music has been a big part of my life. I play the piano, guitar, and I love to sing. I've been teaching piano since the mid-90s, and in 2003, I created an original piano method called the Chord Power System, which I actually took on the road conducting piano workshops in 30 states and seven Canadian provinces, enrolling thousands of adult students in my method. But I've also been on a journey of faith for decades now. Others call this deconstruction, a term I don't particularly like. When Christians embark on this journey, they inevitably come to a crossroad, perhaps even several. Some end up walking away from Jesus Christ entirely. Others still want to believe but are not sure what to hold on to. Still others discover that a fresh understanding of their faith leads them to an even greater faith and greater love for Christ and what it means to be human. I believe I fall in the latter category. And if you are on any part of this journey, this podcast is for you. A former ministry partner once challenged me on Facebook, not the best place to have a long, drawn-out theological discussion, mind you, to please enlighten him as to why I believe the way I do now. I simply told him, I cannot enlighten you, brother, for I have been on this journey for decades. What I really meant 
which I didn't post because I could already foresee the outcome, was he was looking for a quick answer. Those who go on this journey know that there are no quick answers to the many, many questions, sub-questions, and virtual rabbit holes which arise. All I know is one thing. The crossroads have led me closer to my omnibenevolent God of love. If this podcast helps you do that, then the Lord's blessings be upon you. The title of this first podcast is Imagining God. I'm not saying imagine there is a God, because I just assume God exists. So I'm not going to put anything forward as so-called proof. There are many podcasts out there that debate and rehash this issue. And you can go there if you like. But if you, like me, assume that God is, what do you see in your mind's eye when you imagine God? Humankind throughout the centuries, including, of course, the authors of the Bible, have done this. But for most, God pretty much looks like one of us. One of the particularly memorable depictions of God is that Michelangelo painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, which portrays God as a tall, rather large, elderly Caucasian man with a white beard. And if God is not depicted as looking like us, the Almighty certainly acts like us. The Bible shows God as getting angry, changing his mind, bestowing blessings and curses, a mighty warrior who vanquishes his enemies, a God who loves some and hates others, a mighty king who sits on a throne. When the Elohim said, let us make man in our image, the common understanding is that image looked like us and acted like us. Sure, one can say, that we look like this and act like this because we were made in God's image. But when you really think about it, it's really the other way around. You see, it's a matter of perception. An ancient human of the Bronze or Iron Ages imagined God in terms he or she could grasp. The universe of those peoples was very, very small. There were only three tiers, the skies or heavens above, the earth below, and whatever existed under the earth. Well, we now know for a fact that the known universe, and by known being that which can be seen by our most powerful space telescope, the James Webb, is billions and billions of light years in diameter. There is a YouTube video you can look up that has an incredible animation of what this is like. And that's the known universe at this time. The estimated actual size is far, far greater. I mean, talk about mind-boggling. This reduces the three-tiered universe of the ancients to a microscopic speck of sand in an infinite ocean. So how does one imagine God in all of this? Like I said, I believe God exists. But God exists not just in our dimension of time and space, but rather God transcends all of creation. When I imagine God, I imagine a being that exists in another dimension that transcends 
or encompasses ours. Our dimension, which includes the universe, is called time. The dimension where God is, is called eternity. When I imagine God like this, it's no wonder God is omniscient or all-knowing. Nothing is hidden or unknown in God's knowledge. The past, the present, the future, all of it is known to God. Omnipresent. God's dimension transcends ours. So there is nowhere that God isn't. Omnipotent. The anthropomorphic expression God holds the universe in the palm of his hand is appropriate because God does. But what excites me most of all and gives me the greatest hope for the future and love for God is when Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The life, death, and resurrection of Christ was the greatest display of unconditional love in all of history. And that tells me that God is also omnibenevolent or all-loving. The God I worship loves all of humanity who he created in his image and he sent his only begotten son into our midst knowing full well that the price of creating this being called human would humiliate and kill this expression of God's love who we call Jesus. This is the God I imagine with my 21st century understanding of what is revealed to us in the Bible. It is this perception of God that I understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In future podcasts, we will use this understanding of an all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, and all-loving God to look at the Christian faith with fresh eyes to see what it means to be a human created in God's image. I call this podcast Christianity Without the Baggage. Because God did not enter our sphere of humanity through Jesus to weigh us down with yet another heavy-ass religion. But his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In his modern translation of Matthew 11 verses 20 to 30 by Eugene Peterson in The Message, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you learn to live freely and lightly. I'll see you in the next podcast.